Dadadin. Suleiman. How was your week, bro? Got to um go down to London for the Little Smiles charity finale dinner. So as Cambridge Sydney Society, a society that we started the start of this academic year. So that's me, Rehab, Suleiman, Yasin, Mohammed. Um, we got awarded best newcomer Jeez. society. Jeez. So, and this is this is part of a wider campaign that raised a hundred thousand pounds for Sudanese orphans. Amazing. And so, it was really nice for two reasons. One, we got to be a very small part of a great uni UK wide effort, and seeing what that university societies can do when they come together. And also, we got to experience it as a committee, just being around. Um, being around friends um, in that room and on the table. Really nice, man. How's your week, bro? My week was good. Um, I've got like one more week of term, essentially, yeah. for me. Most people have finished all of their studies, but I've got one more essay to, to hand in. My essay this week is on um, popular culture in American history. Mm. So I'm looking at how um, ethnic minorities um, used popular culture to express their political opinions. Um, like when I say popular culture, I'm talking about music, I'm talking about sport, mm. etc. And I wanted to share a little kind of story that I, I kind of uh, picked up during Go my. On. I love this. Go, Go, on. On. <laughs> Go yeah, on. I made a few notes in it, but like, okay, so essentially, um, are you lot familiar with the 1968 Mexico City Olympics when the two black athletes put their hands up and like with their yeah. fists raised in the sky? Um, yeah. The Black Power salute, essentially. Mm-hmm. So I was doing a bit of digging, I was doing a bit of research. And I found out that uh, essentially, so the name of the two, um, the name of the two athletes was Tommy Smith and John Carlos. But people often forget um, the person who came second. So the person who came second was a man from Australia. Mm. It was a white man from Australia and his name was Peter Norman. Mm. And the amazing thing about Peter Norman is that he was the man that actually gave the other two athletes the black gloves to wear. And he was the one that encouraged them to, to make the political stance. And a lot of people don't know that. What's um, his name again? Peter Norman. Hold tight, Peter Norman. Hold tight, Peter Norman. And 100%. Yeah, it was crazy. And I found it really inspiring because I'm, I'm always inspired by people that are unsung heroes, people that don't get talked about where the light's not really shed on them. Um, and it was crazy because he essentially got ostracized by the entire Australian sports kind of uh, like... Um, agencies and like the government etc he wasn't allowed to participate in the next game because he collaborated with the two black athletes wow. and in the in 2000 so only like 20 years ago he wasn't allowed to march at the sydney olympics because of his allegiance with the two civil rights activists wow. and he could have easily like just um condemned the actions and he would have been mm. would have been blessed mm-hmm. but he chose not to condemn the actions and like stand um stand strong Mm. And I was like, yeah, man, big up Peter Norman. You know what I mean? That's, honestly, that's why I study history, bro. Like, stories like that, they just, you know what I mean? They they give me a lot of energy. Damn. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to share that because I thought it was mad inspiring. Thank you for sharing. So <laughs> we've got a very special cool. individual in the room today. Stop Would you like it. to introduce yourself? Um, <laughs> my name is Mohammed, um, and I'm very grateful, mad humbled <laughs> to be here right now. Nicest thing that's happened this week. So we were talking about... Uh, Shout out Fizza uh, for for basically organizing um, for me and some colleagues to go to a RADA course. So RADA, for those who don't know, is the Royal Academy for Dramatic Arts, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, basically the best 
dramatic arts, drama, whatever school in the world. Mm. Um, we went there and it was called personal impact training. Um, essentially, how can you effectively communicate um, in the best way you can? How can you, how, how can you be that voice um, and, and, and how could you deliver basically impact pers- personal to you, but also to other people? Um, and I was thinking I was going to go in there they're going to tell me become a tree, become a table, <laughs> like do these songs and dances and whatever. But no, it was actually like, it was really beneficial. What are some, what are some practical tips you took away from that, that kind of, that seminar, the seminar. at the, at the drama school? Like what are yeah. some practical tips you can give me inside the Dean and the rest of the listeners? So he gave us a bunch of techniques. I've actually got a leaflet in my bag still. Hey, okay. I can share with you guys. Okay. Um, but like for me, so w- one of the first exercises he made us do was introduce ourselves to the to the room and to him. So I got up and I was just like, hi, my name's Mohammed. And looking around like everywhere um, at the same time, like I thought that's how you give eye contact kind of stuff. Um, and then he basically took me out of the room, made everyone stay in the room. And he told me, listen, I'm going to give you just one technique and try it out. And if you don't do it, I'm going to make you do it again, basically. And he literally just told me, every breath is a thought. Um, so hi, my name is Mohammed. One thought, you breathe, and then your next thought comes out. But the way you move your eyes around the the room is you start always at the center. You start at the center. So hi, my name is Mohammed, and today I want to talk to you about blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. So that's how it was. Another thing that stuck out to me: some of us came late uh, in the morning, like not that late, but still late um and he was talking to us about uh the discipline of being early and how he was like if it was drilled into me when i was uh in in studying to be a um an artist or whatever he was saying um if you come like even if it's two minutes late or three minutes late or whatever the cast can't start until everyone's there Mm. they can't do they can't do preparations before that until everyone's there so like literally it's not oh you're five minutes late it's the whole thing doesn't move until you're there. So it's not thinking just about you. It's like a collective thing. Mm. It reminds me of the concept of having an accountability partner mm. and how if you tell your friend, let's wake up 5 a.m. every day, but yeah. if you do it together, you're way more likely to do it than if only one of you does it because you, know what I mean? you have a friend that you need to make sure you kind of help. You know what I mean? And you've, yeah. you've kind of signed this social contract with them. So you mm-hmm. need to make sure that you fulfill those pledges we like to start at the start here at after work so um tell tell us about some of your earliest memories man so i'm the eldest of five kids born in london but i would move from london to uh saudi every like six months um so that happened until i was like four or five years old and then i came and stayed here um like permanently then when we came here things kind of got a little bit uh sticky so like obviously i was young i didn't really understand everything but um for various reasons my mom and dad basically uh got divorced um and it was like a very messy situation at the time so i was like five years old um going to and from court all the time i i remember like there was a moment where it was me my mom my siblings so that's six of us um and then like two like family friends in like a one bedroom flat in like near Elephant Castle or Streatham or something like that. But <coughs> I never ever felt poor. I never ever felt like I didn't have what I needed 
um and i was i'm i was and will always be like a family man so for me having family was like oh my days like that was like the biggest thing and having a big family um in the sense that there were five or six of us um was like for me like a mad blessing i used to tell mom i'm like go out do this do that like trying to gas her to do something apart from like looking after us um or like i was always kind of i wanted like another person like i wanted other family to be there and you know as a kid you just want people around and whatever and she was like no you lot are my f like you lot are my family like i don't need i don't need a man you you're like my man kind of thing like she so that was for me my my family was the first community um and it will always be like my number one community kind of thing um the way it shaped me at primary school like being the eldest i'd have to tell my siblings like oh, when a social worker comes you have to say this kind of thing like um just being prepped kind of thing which is not again not not what you should be doing at that age but it is what it is like it helped it i think it does better for you in the long term it's not what you want but you have to think about it positively so when i went into secondary school i'm the first one to go in um funnily enough my mom was like uh, She's, she was like, even to this day, she was like, I used to look for a secondary school for you from when you was in year four. <laughs> um, so like, yeah, she thought she sent us to a really good secondary school because it was a Church of England school. Uh, so my mom thought Church of England meant we're, I'm taking, he's going to like, I don't know. <laughs> the army. Kind yeah, of like, yeah, or like a monastery or yeah. something. But <laughs> going to come out godly, man. <laughs> honestly, but I remember going in, in year seven, we had our own police officer. I watched one of the episodes um, of After Work before coming here, but it resonated with me 100%. Like in secondary school, for you to be relevant, you you had to have one of the following. Yeah, You had to be the strongest person or very strong. You had to be so sick at football, like 100% you're a baller. Um, you had to be able to move to girls um, and like have a relationship with girls uh, or you had to be the class class clown. Those are the fourth like options. Which one were you? So I, I tried to be like some of them, but I couldn't like I it just wasn't me. So secondary school for me, like looking back now, at the time I loved it. And to be honest, if I could go back to one moment in my life, it would be secondary school. Because really? I'd love to do that again. But um secondary school for me, uh I was like very lost. I was trying to be some like footballer and i was dead at football um i was trying to uh you know have some be a ladies man be a class clown but i wasn't any of those um i, I was trying to be a like an og like yeah in the ends da -da -da -da. but i wasn't that either like um so it was just like a moment of trying to find yourself and trying to be who you really are um and for me, it was funny because like being smart wasn't cool, really. Um, really, like if we really look at it, being smart just wasn't cool. But um, I wouldn't say I was smart, but I was like, I knew I didn't have to be any of those other things. So we kind of touched on secondary school. Uh, we've touched on primary school. Um, let's talk about uh, your time at university, man. Went into King's first week. So I studied religion, philosophy and ethics. Um, first week realized i absolutely hated the degree uh so my degree was supposed to be a three-year degree i ended up spending six years doing my degree um basically i got unwell 
uh, in my third year. Like it was just, it was mad, like the way things happened. But um, I got unwell my third year and I kept getting unwell every time I deferred. Um, I thought I was cursed or something, but uh, yeah, like I really enjoyed uni. Mm. I've made like friends for life. Um, like I, w- I don't even call them friends really. Like it's a bit weird to call them friends. Um, life-changing experiences best moments of my life were at uni um but also some of the worst were at uni as well so yeah what were some of those best moments was that you were about to ask right okay let's get comfortable (laughs) um best moments um one of the best moments for me um was actually again i believe in fate a hundred percent if i had graduated in the first three years i would have left having not contributed to any society having met only a handful of people um and yeah i would have just not really got the experience out of it um but in the second set of three years that i had to basically do um i went to so me and my friends shout out connor shout out the mandem that we went to calais with um we the migrant crisis was kind of like fresh at that time um this was the first year i had deferred um because of illness um and the opportunity came to go to Calais to help in the jungle. Um, and Connor knew, had already been, or his dad had been, and he knew a charity there. So he hooked us up. Uh, we essentially rented out a car. Uh, shout out Zach. He got the family car um, as the second car, like proper seven-seater Vauxhall Somali. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It was mad. Um, and like 11 of us went, booked our tickets on a ferry, donated every single person donated a set of clothes um we we gave away harachis we gave away <laughs> tims i swear down i'm not even joking we gave away like like all like all the swag uh, yeah basically but blessing like it was proper blessed man and um all donated as much as we could um and we went to calais i've got a question based off your experiences in france and in jordan mm. um so one of the questions that the dean asked at the beginning was about community um and i had a lecture on the global refugee crisis a few weeks ago and it talked about how a kind of a community is created amongst the refugees who live there mm. because they they're there for so long they're there for years yeah. and therefore it's it's kind of logical it makes sense that communities and little towns and kind of little you mean um mm. units of um communities yeah. emerge what was that like what kind of communities did you see yeah. um I, i'm sure there was a lot of inspiration to take away from your time there not 100%. just do you mean distress yeah. and stuff? Yeah, a hundred percent. Like you hit the nail on the head. So again, amazing, amazing <laughs> questions. Um, so from Calais, for example, I promise you, like I'll show you the video afterwards. Um, we went at a time where like you were like ankle deep in mud and water and sewage. Yeah, dirty. Like it was so bad. Like in Jordan, you could see stray cats. In Calais, no animal wanted to be around where we were at and but humans were living there do you know what i mean like that's messed up um but these people i swear to you we came in uh, a sudanese uh, family opened a door they were asking us to come in for tea same with an afghan family same with a syrian family like they had nothing bro like they had nothing at all and they were giving us everything they had people were telling them oh you're here f- to take our benefits to take our jobs no one's gonna g- go to calais lose family members on the way for what 60 pound a week 
come on, like that's not. And these people are giving us everything. What are the what are the things that you've taken away from your time in the world of work? Self validation. I think for a long time before civil service, um, I think it's prevalent in a lot of people from ethnic backgrounds, um, from lower socioeconomic backgrounds. We seek validation from a lot of people. We should be self-validating. You know, we should be secure and happy with ourselves, but we're not a lot of the time. Um, uh, and a, a colleague of mine told me, shout out Daniel, um, like when 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 this person, I'm not going to say the person's name or whatever, uh, or like the person's colour, but usually if a Caucasian, middle-class, well-educated person stands up in a presentation and says whatever comes out of his mouth and leaves he never asks like how did you think i did hope that went well blah 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 like they're self-assured that they done well when sometimes i finish how do you think it went like was it okay like uh, we need that self-validation we need to know like that's not to say don't be humble that's not to say don't look to improve self-validate don't look for other people to validate you what kind of things you want to be doing more of in the future i want to be continually inspired but i also want to inspire at some point um so in the future my end end goal like proper end end goal like god willing is um to essentially work with countries um that aren't doing so great at the moment but have potential to do so in the future and work with them, consult with them on how they use their money, how they use their use their resources, um, and and build countries that are looked upon as third world countries. L- you know, help those countries basically build and rebuild, um, wherever that may be. Your and I, and I, I got shout outs because uh, I think it's important to celebrate and important to like shout out people who've inspired you, people who've brought you on the journey mm. shout out uh Saadeddin. shout out Suleiman <laughs> uh, obviously uh first and foremost um and then shout out my mum 100% like she's the Don Don Dada um shout out my family shout out Yahya shout out Kay shout out Sarah shout out Mudge <laughs> shout out Omar shout out Daniel times two um shout out Ismail shout out the whole strand uh elders group uh shout out Juliana abs shout out all the sisters from uh, strand shout out at work shout out fizzer shout out sarah um this might be a long shout you know shout out, <laughs> shout out Katalia shout out Daniel uh shout out uh Hugh shout out Marsha shout out Sam shout out uh Gwyneth Shout out uh, Jonas Palendi. <laughs> shout out Sarah Jackson. Um, shout out Elena. Um, shout out all the mandem, like for real. Shout out everyone. Um, honestly, like shout outs, blessings, everything. Shout out you, bro. Shout no, out, no, 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 not even. Not even. Thank, Thank you. Man. Thank you, Thank man. you for coming through, man. Thank you, man. Honestly, Ooh, pleasure bro. is all mine. That is it for this week. To keep in touch, follow us on Facebook. Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. That's Afterwork underscore UK on Instagram and Twitter. And Afterwork Podcast everywhere else. If you took even one thing away from this episode, give us a review on Apple Podcasts and comment on our YouTube video. Any thoughts or suggestions for future episodes, DM us on our socials or shoot us an email 
at afterwork258 at gmail.com. In any case, see you same time, same place next week.